Okay. Hi, everybody. How are we today? Welcome. Today, we are going to do a guided meditation and release all that stress and all those negative feelings we have about our fantasy football teams. So I'm going to light this candle. Candle. Gonna just set a little ambiance for us. Ow, I'm okay. And um, so now I would just want everyone at home, whether you're tuning in live right here on Facebook or listening to the podcast or watching YouTube, I want you to take a deep breath in and let it out. And I want you to. I'll close your eyes, really do this, close your eyes. And I want you to imagine your fantasy football team. And I want you to repeat after me. I love my fantasy football team. I love my fantasy fantasy football football team. team. I forgive my fantasy football team. I forgive forgive my my fantasy fantasy football football team. team. I will not overreact and trade away Michael Thomas. I will not overreact overreact and trade away Michael Thomas. Thomas. And I will listen to Guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football available on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. And I will follow them on Twitter at Dudes Football. I will listen to Guys guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football on iTunes iTunes and Twitter and Spotify Spotify Podcast and Facebook Live. Wonderful. (laughs) What's better than this? Guys Being Dudes. Welcome to Guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football. This is your host, Noah Opsfeld. And as always with me are my three super tall and handsome co-hosts, Kieran Day, Michael Smith, and Jared Williams. Oh boy, we are approaching the thick of it in fantasy football. Week two is upon us. Debatably, probably the most important uh, fantasy football week we just had. And boy, I, I literally this today, I was uh, you know going through some fantasy football lineups in the kitchen. And I kid you not, this is not just for the content. I did three jumps for joy and said, I love fantasy football. That really happened. Oh, my God. All right. How are you guys doing today? I don't even believe you. That seems way too extra. Can you, can you do it now for us? Uh, I mean, it's just, hold on. Please no, please no. I, I just went like this. Oh, my God. I love fantasy football. <laughs> and I was setting my lineups and I was putting Anthony Miller in all my lineups as many as I could. So all of them? Um. <laughs> All of your lineups since you have him in six out of six leagues? Uh, yeah, I honestly, I, 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 it's turned into a situation to where I was going to do it for like a, you know, to really push my guy. I believe in Anthony Miller, but I don't really think I have a choice because half the league is injured and all my guys have decided uh, let's, uh, let's get injured this uh, season. So uh, yeah, it looks like I'm going to have to be starting Anthony Miller in like five of my teams. Am I scared of that? <laughs> no, not at all. I wouldn't be. <laughs> Anyways, again, welcome to Guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football. This is your host. I already went and did that part. You can follow us on Twitter at Dudes Football. And now, 
big news. You can find us not only on Apple Podcasts, but Spotify. You know, Ooh. we're making moves. Wow. We're rolling dice. We're counting dollar bills. Not really. But you can send your fantasy football question DMs to our Twitter at DudesFootball. Or if you know me personally, shoot me a text, a DM, whatever. You can also follow our YouTube account, Guys Me and Dudes Fantasy Football, where you can see our pretty faces on our Zoom. Okay. Woo. Let's get into it. <laughs> Grab some water after that. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> you want to just start it off for us? Yeah, here? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I will say this is probably the biggest news of the week, and no, it is not the Le'Veon Bell news. It's the Michael Thomas news. Looks like a high ankle sprain, something of that nature. We have two Raiders football fans in this Zoom call right now, me and Kieran, and it's looking good for us Monday night. I really think we're going to blow out the Saints. But Michael, <laughs> Michael Thomas, if he's on your fantasy team, it's not looking good. He feels good. He's optimistic, but he's probably not going to play Monday. Don't know what's going to go on there. So Emmanuel Sanders, I feel like pretty much a must start if Michael Thomas isn't going to be playing. Uh, Jared Cook definitely gets a boost from that. What do you guys think? Do not panic if you own Michael Thomas. This could be a situation like Saquon Barkley last year where everyone thought he was going to be out multiple weeks and then you trade him away. And he comes back within two or three weeks and you just, you traded him away for nothing. So don't panic. Michael Thomas is a very tough guy. He's already said he feels a lot better and could, could be back before the timetable that they originally gave him. So don't freak out. I know it's probably your first round pick. Just stay calm. Take a deep breath. Like Noah told us earlier. Yeah. There's two things I would say is one, obviously don't panic on Michael Thomas and two, don't ever bet on the Raiders to blow anybody out. So <laughs> that's coming from me, big time Raiders fan. We got a chance, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Gave up 30 to the Panthers, so <laughs> I don't like our chances. That's all you do. For me, the biggest bump is Jared Cook. I think they're going to have stability in the passing game with him. And Alvin Kamara, we really should see Alvin Kamara, the prime Alvin Kamara, the two touchdown, you know, five receptions for 82-yard Kamara in the coming weeks without Thomas there. But I think, you know, give Latavius Murray a bump, Traquan Smith Definitely. a bump, someone else might emerge. Another big piece of news, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, maybe for Kieran, this is big news because you uh, had him on your uh, lineups, but I don't know why you would do that. Sent to IR. What's interesting about IR this season is they've reduced it to um, a minimum of three weeks. So IR is this big, you know, season ending. Oh, my God. But really, it's less of a big deal this season with COVID. So Adam Gase has just said been so weird about Le'Veon Bell this year, but uh, I mean, what do you see in that off? Is there any piece of offense you want right now, even with and also Jameson Crowder's out this week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, without Jameson Crowder, without Le'Veon Bell, and with Adam Gase is a is a recipe for disaster. And uh, I mean, you could look to stream Brashad Perriman. I wouldn't fully recommend it, but he might be peppered with targets. And then Chris Herndon is obviously a tight end sleeper off the waiver wire if you need to play. If you had Kittle and he's out, and you got to stream somebody, Herndon. Could be targeted a couple more times this game. I don't know if they're going to be valuable targets, but we'll see. Yeah, he had seven Absolutely. targets last game, six catches. So, mm -hmm. and you take away Jamison Crowder at thirteen targets, you got to expect Herndon to at least get you know six, seven targets at the at the minimum. They're going to have to throw the ball, so I agree. I think everyone's struggling with injuries right now. So, like you said, Rashad Perryman, very valid uh, flex streamer. Uh, we had a couple, there's always some week one injuries, especially without the preseason where, you know, guys can get a little warm and stuff, you know, they're thrown into the league, Mac, uh, Marlon Mack out for the season. Uh, we're going to get into that right now. Blake Jarwin, 
Marlon Mack, obviously, people are very excited for Jonathan Taylor this season. Incredible back out of college. Uh, I think it was six for 67 in passing and wasn't so great on the ground. Naheem Hines with, the, with two touchdowns this week. What do you guys see that backfield looking like going forward? And I can jump in and say we're all so excited about Jonathan Taylor, and I think Naeem Hines still presents value. I don't think it's going to be the Taylor show all day and all night because you could see before Mac went out, Hines was getting touches. He was getting targets. And I just want to say one thing is we're super excited for the value of these new running backs. We never want to see anything like that happen with Torn Achilles, guy right. in a contract year. So um, obviously temper expectations in terms of that, but I think it'll still be a split. Yeah, Nahi Hines was definitely my number one waiver target for the week just because of how many times Phillip Rivers throws the ball every single week. We saw it with the Chargers. We saw it this week against the Jags. And Nike Hines is an incredible catching backer. Obviously, don't know how he's going to do running the ball, but he was he was still getting carries. So it's going to be them too. Uh, I, I honestly feel like Nike Hines is good, could end the season as an RB2 now. I think Jonathan Taylor is a low-end RB1, and I think – Naeem Hines is a low-end RB2. I mean, like you said, Philip Rivers just dumps it off to running backs. Jonathan Taylor's knock going into the draft was maybe his inability to catch the ball, and he almost led them in receiving yards. He had six catches. So I think Jonathan Taylor, I, I was trying to do this in my head. If, if we knew Marlon Mack was out for the year going into the season, I think he's a top 15 pick. pick. So let me it's ask you guys some questions. The game is, would you rather own Jonathan Taylor? Let's just do half PPR or X. Let's start with Jonathan Taylor, or would you rather have Aaron Jones? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think people really realize the potential here. The thing about rookie running backs, it's, it's, it's historically the easiest position or one of the easiest positions to transfer into the NFL. We yeah. see like longer timetables for development from tight ends and receivers and quarterbacks. But uh, what about Chris Carson? Or Jonathan Taylor, no doubt. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. I don't know, Michael. Uh, you know, you should think about that one because I would totally give you Chris Carson for Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> let's do one more, and let's do uh, Joe Mixon. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. I think the cutoff for me. Gonna... The cutoff for me is yeah. Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, right there. I don't know which one I would pick out of those two. Oh, Jonathan Taylor for sure. You just don't. I feel like any... they're about even right now. What about Blake Jarwin? Not a huge piece for the Dallas offense. A lot of people were, were picking him as a tight end sleeper. I mean, I guess pretty much this is just a boost to see Lamb, Michael Gallup, maybe Tony Pollard to get some more work in the passing game. Anything besides that? Nothing of note. Cool. Big <laughs> contract today. Robert Woods, four years, $68 million. Uh, the Rams' salary cap has overflowed, it seems like. We'll see what the media says about that, but good job on Robert Woods. Love it. And uh, as Kieran wrote into the doc today, DeAndre Swift does not have hands. Uh, I don't. Uh, this is news. Did not, did not drop a pass in his senior season at Georgia and decided to, uh, you know, that welcome to the Lions moment, really hammer it in there for us Lions fans. Appreciate you, DeAndre Swift. Real quick before Whoa. we continue – Got to give a huge shout out to Belgium. Sixteen uh, percent of our subscribers are tuning in from Belgium. So, you know, I should We're have global, learned baby. how to. We're global. How to, right. We just love the the, the waffles, the chocolate, um, yeah. Come on. the the peace keep. There, I think they've like not really been an aggressor in wars. So shout out, <laughs> shout out Belgium. Shout out Belgium. 
And one more thing that I think has been lacking from the show is there's obviously, you know, NFL, although, you know, it's first and foremost a sport, is a really important place for social movement in this country. We watched uh, a moment of unity get booed in Kansas City week one. Should have mentioned on the show last week, but we want to just say as a podcast and and here that we really support, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, and moving forward with progression in terms of racial equality ending police brutality, et cetera. And we're really proud of the NFL for making movements. Obviously the NFL is far from perfect, but we do support the NFL in those efforts. Um, yeah. Any it. other, any other things there guys? No, I appreciate yeah, you saying so, that though. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, you know, uh, a friend of mine recently told me you guys got to be conscious producers and uh, she's right. So appreciate that. All right. Let's go into Thursday night football. I had on my calendar shit tnf literally so i was like <laughs> calling friends does anyone want to hang out i don't really need to watch this game but it turned into quite a good game with just a lot of a lot of star power those that browns backfield Woo. oh Sheesh. my gosh joe I mean, buck kinda... was he was all over it he kept saying yeah. kareem hunt's the best number two in the league i mean hard to argue but yeah, i mean, I mean Hines yeah. is there come on so many people were questioning whether they could coexist all season. And it was something that was, a, you know, a damper on each of their value. And you can see they can 100% coexist and, and bring you value, value in different places of the game. So I think it's exciting for both owners. I think Kareem Hunt is a solid RB2. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can take your pick on who you like better. Chubb, I think, obviously has higher floor and, and probably more touches. But I think both present some massive value. But I think – where you took Kareem Hunt, you have to just be smiling because mm-hmm. through two weeks, they've both combined for – they both have at least 180 scrimmage yards, and they, I think, are almost combining for 400. I think it's like over a little over 370 in two weeks. That's just – and they're, they are on the field for so many snaps, and they're getting the ball. The Browns are predicating themselves on the run to potentially open up play action and go deep to Odell and Jarvis. So, I mean, you, you can't bench – Kareem Hunt, even in a like a shallow league. And it's amazing one thing to I, watch. It's yeah, amazing to watch how much better Baker looks against a bad defense. <laughs> then, I mean, last week on the Ravens, awful. And this week, I mean, he looked like an NFL quarterback, which is what mm-hmm. he was supposed to be. I mean, we finally saw Odell have a decent game, four for 74 and a touchdown. Landry is dealing with some injuries. and He had a, a little bit less of a game. But – you know, he's obviously not fantasy relevant yet, but he does have the star power in that offense to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I don't really feel like you – like the one thing I've seen about the Browns is that we've now seen both game scripts where they're getting blown out and then they're in the lead. And Kareem Hunt has done well in both those scripts, and Nick Chubb has only done well when they're going to be beating a team. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't like this offense moving forward. You know, Austin Hooper – you have to cut him at this point, I feel like. Odell, you're probably starting him, but I still wouldn't be happy. And Nick Chubb is, you know, who knows what the usage of them is going to be going forward because I feel like they're still not a good team. Yeah, let's go to the other side of the ball there. Uh, Here's a fun stat. Joe Burrow, first rookie in the NFL to throw for over 60 attempts in his rookie year and not throw an interception. Is that just a specific stat or is that telling of something greater to come? I mean, when I look at it, 
it, it, it presents a little bit of a problem for me. They're throwing the ball this much, and Joe Burrow is such a good quarterback that he has the ability to spread it around to so many receivers. He's tossing it to Michael Thomas version two. He's tossing it to all these guys. And <laughs> it's just going to be hard to see where the actual value is going to take place. You know, he threw the ball 62 times for over 300 yards, and you were only happy with Tyler Boyd because of a garbage time touchdown. You know, it's like, is it going to be consistent? But at the same time, you're seeing so many targets go to AJ Green, go to Tyler Boyd, go to all of these people. Even in the first half, Mixon had four catches. You know, there's bright spots. It's just where is it going to come and how consistent is it going to be? I One thing I noticed from that game, like you said, Joe Mixon was involved in the passing game in the first half. What is Zach Taylor doing? I understand Giovanni Bernard is a prototypical third down back. But Joe Mixon has shown that he can be great in the passing game. What are you doing taking arguably your best player out on third downs, two-minute drills, things like that, when he can clearly be in the passing game? So I think Joe Mixon owners, you're obviously frustrated, especially given the goal line situation last yeah. night. Um, I, I just think the way the Bengals win and stay in games is not throwing the ball 61 times. They have to pound the ball and give it to Joe Mixon and try to control the clock in some way because their defense is so bad they have to control the clock yeah so but that joe- o-line is just god awful it's so like free joe burrow free joe make free the joes <laughs> hashtag free the joes uh cg ozama torn achilles probably out for extended period so that should simplify the uh, Bengals passing game a little bit Obviously, we don't support anyone getting injured, but for fantasy purposes, obviously, simplifies. Uh, AJ Green, three receptions on 13 targets. Um, It was disgusting to watch. Joe Burrow didn't (laughs) look that bad. It was just, I guess, you know, is it Ward was on uh, AJ Green and just shutting him down. What do you guys, uh, what's your guys' take on that? Do you think the 13 targets is something that, you know, is, is a bright spot for you or is the three catches on 13 targets kind of a dark spot? Like, what do you guys, how do you guys, let's take your temperature on that. I feel like AJ Green, <laughs> I feel like AJ Green still, he's still work. he's still finding his rhythm. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough situation. At the end of the game, he could have had a touchdown at the end in garbage time, but his hand was pulled back by Carl mm-hmm. Joseph, still haunting me as a Raider fan. But, you know, it's not you love to see how Joe Burrow is force feeding him the ball. Mm-hmm. So right now, you you can't not be happy with thirteen targets. I, I don't think there's any way. Joe, we- Joe Burrow had no preseason. He's still a rookie quarterback, despite being the chosen one. And I think that OJ Green should should boost in, in uh, value going forward. Let's get into some injury news. I mean, it, this is what happens when you don't have a preseason to get those legs stretched and whatnot. Uh, but let's get into that. Miles Sanders will be playing this week. And last week on the show, let me just play it back. Uh, I think uh, Devonta Freeman will probably sign with the uh, Eagles. Oh, great point, Noah. Devonta Freeman visits Philly today. We'll see if there's a signing there, but that is definitely uh, detrimental for my uh, dud of the year, Miles Sanders. Jeez, I'm good. Chris Godwin looking doubtful this week. Evans expected to play one, was it one reception for two yards and a touchdown? for Evans. I mean, just saved you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just have a whole select a whole kittle of uh, guys who are whole out. Teapot. Whole teapot kittle of guys who are out. AJ Brown, George Kittle. Uh, well, let's get into one by one uh, real quick here. AJ Brown. We're starting. I mean, Corey Davis is a start in every league now. Be careful. Be careful what you ask for. CJ Henderson's going to be on him. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. CJ, how are you feeling about CJ there, Mike? Best rookie in the league, without a doubt. Woo! Oh. Woo! 
I mean, you won Rookie I mean, of the Week, so might be a little, might be a little early. The most coveted award, Rookie of the Week, of week George Kittle out just received that a few hours ago. I mean, that mm-hmm. passing core, I mean, receiving core is just, just they're, I mean, it's pulling depleted. guys off the street. Muhammad Sanu, is there? I mean, anyone in the passing core you're starting, like, no, Mm-mm. definitely not. No chance. No chance. No, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's the Jets. You got to. Yeah, they're going to be running the ball. They have. Yeah, to. I, I feel like McKinnon's a great flex. Uh, Mo, Colonel Mostert is going to be probably an RB one this week. Uh, Philip Lindsay out. Just boost Melvin Gordon. Uh, Jamison Crowder we mentioned out. Uh, Godwin is doubtful. Um, fire up your high local high school bully Scotty Miller. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, James Conner looks like he's going to be healthy. We'll get into that running back situation later. Uh, again, if you're just tuning on into us now, this is Guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football. You can follow us on Twitter at Dudes Football. So we're going to go into the week one. Week one is the most important week of fantasy football, especially when you don't have a preseason because we get all these questions answered that we want to be answered. Well said there, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, let's start it off with my Lions up 23-6 and uh, decide to just – Drop the ball on the game there. Uh, and uh, Anthony Miller, my guy of the year. <laughs> looking How did that sick feel? With a du- oh, I mean, one of the most conflicted feelings I've ever had. You know, what do I want more? Do I want the Lions to get a top five pick again? Or do I want my fantasy podcast to be successful? Why not both? Oh, why not both? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And then Allen Robinson changing all his social medias to away from bears. A little dramatic if, uh, but looks like they're going to try to extend him. We'll see. Uh, Any thoughts on this, on these two guys? Pay Allen Robinson. Pay Allen Robinson. He is an elite receiver. That's had Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky as his quarterbacks. And he still put up numbers. He deserves every bit of what Amari Cooper got, 100%. Yeah, just quickly before we move on, I mean, slow your roll on the Anthony Miller. If he didn't get that touchdown at the end of the game, he had probably three catches for 25 <laughs> yards, and we're wow. not singing and joying. You know, you're relying on Mitch Trubisky throwing the best ball he's ever thrown in his three-year Yeah, let's career. revisit that next week against uh, this Giants secondary. We'll see how you, see who's laughing. <laughs> the Lions also had, yeah, they had two corners go down and Noah Kuda playing. Dude, I mean, I mean what the changes? Lions. What not, changes from the Bears that makes Anthony Miller even more valuable than he was last week? Uh, Mitch Trubisky do, uh, doesn't appreciate what Allen Robinson did. <laughs> Simple as that. Just doesn't throw hey, him the ball. I, I was a second overall pick, man. Come on, I'm a good quarterback. He's gonna say, <laughs> and Allen Robinson is gonna be like, "I'm a better football player than you by by a lot." <laughs> yep. All right. All right. The Seahawks <laughs> beat up on the Falcons. And I think the biggest fantasy takeaway from this game is Chris Carson playing 45% of the snaps. Carlos Hyde, who's just a journeyman, wherever he goes, he gets at least a third of the snaps, played 34% of the snaps. Chris Carson only had six carries for 21 yards. Now he did have six catches for 45 yards and two (laughs) touchdowns. So it looks surface level like a very good Chris Carson day, only 12 touches. There's no way he's going to have six catches and two receiving touchdowns again. Are you guys worried as Chris Carson owners? Not at all. Not at all. Pete Carroll has stated that he's going to get Chris Carson more touches going into next week. I feel like I'm not worried. It's his first game back from hip surgery. 
They're blowing out the Falcons. It's a heavy passing game because the Falcons secondary is terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm not. We'll, we'll see how he does said, against though, the Cowboys. They were week. up big, and just right. So let why Russ cook? They didn't even let Chris Carson run the ball. Wouldn't that it's be? It's amazing. Right? Like it's amazing that it, like uh, there's an NFL coach who can actually be good. Like he was like, you know what? They're right. Russell Wilson is very good at football, and he <laughs> let Russell Wilson cook. And 31 for 35 for 322 yards. Let me say it again. 31 for 35. Oh. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, chef's yeah. kiss. Only, only took him like three or four years to let him throw the ball 35 times. So I don't know if we... <laughs> Personally, I kind of disagree with Jared. I am I am worried about Chris Carson, who is my dude of the year. Uh, I, do, I think that he will be getting the, the, you know, the lion's share of the carries. I think that, you know, Carlos Hyde is not as good, clearly. But uh, to give you an idea, I did send Michael, like, Chris Carson for Jonathan Taylor uh, on Monday, and he rejected him, and I cried in my bed. Uh, <laughs> anyways, we'll go to the other side of the ball. Calvin Ridley. Is Calvin Ridley this year's Ridley. Chris Godwin? 130 yards, receiving two touchdowns. What do you guys think? I could see it. I really could. I mean – He's one of the best route runners in football, and you know they like to throw the ball. So um, I think both Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones could have great years like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did last year. Yeah, I mean, you only know a couple things about the Falcons. They're going to throw the ball 600 times, and they're going to be down in games. And that's a recipe for garbage time and a recipe for guys who aren't Julio Jones, who aren't getting doubled, to just rack up some garbage time plays. And I think that's been consistent over the years, and I don't think – that he's had someone like Ridley who actually can get open all the time. And so I think he's, his ceiling is very high this year for sure. Yeah, Him going against the number two corner every single week is, oh, it's not he, how could you not love that? One thing I did think was weird was everybody thought Hayden Hurst, former first round pick coming to the Falcons is going to take that Austin Hooper role. Mm-hmm. And he got out targeted by Russell Gage. So I feel like we need to slow the roll on the Hayden Hurst train. Uh, we'll see. I we'll think it's going to take a happens. couple weeks to get ramped up. He doesn't have the chemistry with Matt Ryan yet, but it is. I mean, yeah. Russell Gage had double-digit targets, so I mean, twelve targets. We'll see. That's insane. I, I I didn't pick up Gage in any league because I don't think it's a it's a longevity thing. I think the craziest stat from that matchup is Russell Wilson in his eight seasons has zero MVP votes. Woo. Zero. Anyways, Colin Cowherd in shambles. Let's go on to the Packers and the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers, crazy classic Aaron Rodgers game. Who was the wide receiver to to own, two to own in Green Bay, Jared? Oh, it's de- it's definitely not MBS. It's Lazard. Is it pronounced <laughs> Lazard? Lazard? I don't know. Uh, yeah, definitely going with him though. See, I'm going. Uh, I'm going in the other. I mean, Lazard's more the PPR guy. MBS is going to be the 50 yard shot down the field guy. And I mean, I'm personally going MVS. I just think we've seen it so many times in the MVS. He has a big touchdown, and then you start him the next three weeks, you get nothing. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of if you buy into Rodgers being a four touchdown guy and, and going back to his prime, then, you know, take your shot. Just depends on how choice. risky you want to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely Team Allen because I've owned Marcus Val- Marquez Valdez Scantling thinking he's going to break out, and then he does, and then he doesn't have a catch in the next game. So, yeah. 
Well, one thing we can be sure of is that the Vikings secondary is one to target bad. this year. Bro, Very bad. Bad. Sorry. Sorry. Hook them, but sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely true. I think we can move on, though. That game's pretty straightforward. Uh, we can hop right into the Dolphins and Patriots matchup we saw last week. A lot of excitement, but not too much fantasy to talk about other than Cam Newton. I mean, you love to see this type of comeback trail for this guy. I mean, he was a nobody picked him up for a number of days, and that's just kind of kind of tough. But he is the running back to own in in New England. <laughs> and, uh, Fifteen for seventy-five and two touchdowns. It's just it it brought a smile to my face to see that Dolphins probably still the Dolphins. Fitz Magic. I mean take your one and five shot. That'll be the QB one this week, but you never know. I don't know <laughs> if there's anyone there you'd rely on. If I'm looking at the dolphins, there's nobody I want to start really. Like mm-hmm. Devonte Devante Parker coming off an injury. They're going up Swans against, too. you know? Yeah. So Patriots off. I mean, he's not going to be able to do, you know, 15 for 75 and two every week. I think that Patriots, the clarity of the Patriots uh, running, running backs is going to become clear. I think that with the depleted defense a little bit, James White and Sony should take a step up. Uh, let's go on to Washington and Philly. Upset alert here. Mm. Washington mm. beats uh, the Philly offense can just never they, – the pieces cannot line up ever. And we have Antonio Gibson, uh, you know, Cinderella. Fourth-round pick. Fourth-round pick, going to be the big fantasy breakout. And then Peyton Barber about goes uh, one and a half yards per carry for two <laughs> touchdowns. He always does this. He always does this. All right, Michael, you just got to be honest with me. Who do you want in your backfield right now? Peyton Barber or 270 pounds, six foot one, Noah Obsfeld? <laughs> I can fall two yards, man. I can do it. Give me a goal. Yeah, give you a goal line carry. You'll, you'll find the end zone. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate your, your love there. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. For the Eagles, the O line looked, it was yeah. hard to watch. Was it more of their O-line being bad or the Redskins yes. D-line in front seven being good? Chase That's true. Young. It's a, it was a Chase combination. Young is an I, I could see a little bit of 2017 Jags in this Redskins team in the sense that the division may not be as good as other divisions. We Ooh, know that. Cowboy fans. Where are you and at? If that defense can carry them all, Dwayne Haskins has to do is not turn over the ball, and they could potentially win some games. They already beat Philly. You know the Giants are terrible. Cowboys <laughs> games are always close, usually. Yeah, Cowboys O-line did not look good either. We'll see how that goes. I mean, the Eagles have Lane Johnson coming back. They, Miles Sanders has been a full participant mm-hmm. in practice all week. Uh, you know, I don't think any of us are expecting Miles Sanders this week to go off, but I feel like a nice floor of at least 10 points. Yeah. You're obviously going to start Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah, other than the, that, the I think the Eagles are, will be much better. But the matchup I really want to talk about – the Bills and the Jets, and I don't want to start this off for fantasy purposes because I want to take this back to just legitimate NFL. Everyone was like, 2021 mock draft, who's picking first? The Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars. Who is the worst team in the NFL? It's the New York Jets without a doubt. What talent do they have on that team? <laughs> Everyone's saying the Jags won't win a game. What if the, maybe the Jets won't win a game? So I'm going to hop off my pedestal. In terms of yeah. fantasy, I mean, Josh Allen – managed to have a great game while potentially playing bad. I mean, he missed two wide open receivers for touchdowns. He fumbled twice and he still had a rushing touchdown. His floor is insanely high. He had like 27 points. That's insane. And John Brown still showing up despite Stefan Diggs also having a nice game. I think he had like eight catches, 
and mm-hmm. about 80 yards or so. So both of them obviously startable, I think. Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen at this point is a top. He's the Five. safest QB in the top six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides, besides the, the big boys. Yeah. yeah, he could be venturing into that top, top tier with uh, Dak, you know, and Mahomes and Jackson. Uh, Stafford. Yeah. Derek Carr. <laughs> Thanks there, bud. Gardner mentioned. <laughs> How about the Raiders and the Panthers? We saw Robbie Anderson with a crazy big game on that 75-yard touchdown, I think it was. And DJ Moore, third-round pick, just looking like the two or you know, even lower on that team. What do we see in that passing game going forward? I'll let Kieran take this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched that game, and as a Raiders fan, all I could think about was Josh Jacobs. But on the limited amount of times – Derek Carr was passing the ball. Rugs did look much more involved than I thought he was going to be. They really did make an emphasis to get him the ball in space, to give him a couple handoffs. Carr said he said, okay, maybe I'll throw it 40 yards for the first time in two years. And that was, you know, <laughs> exciting. But I do think Darren Waller still has a very high floor. I mean, he had six yeah. receptions. He's, he's just always there. And Derek Carr loves to rely on him throughout the game. This game is- didn't really favor him too well, but – and all of his routes that he caught seemed to be like five yards or less. So I think going into this week against the Saints, it's going to be a lot different. We're not going to have as much success running the ball because, I mean, Josh, the holes Josh Jacobs was able to run through were insane. We were absolutely destroying the Panthers' defensive front. They they suck a lot. Their defense is bad. It's yeah, I don't know how much more time we need to spend on this matchup. We, <laughs> we saw what we needed to see. One of the most surprising headlines of the week, and I kind of have to eat my words on this one, was the Colts versus the Jags. My thing that I wanted to watch was, are the Jags going to win a game? And right right away, <laughs> punch me in the face, Ooh. made me look stupid. And they came out right away and took it away. What do we think about the fantasy options? I know we already talked about Mac, and we talked about Jonathan Taylor and Hines enough. Are there any Jags players who stood out to you, or is this kind of just one of those games that we love to see the storyline of? James Robinson. I mean, he was he was the only running back to receive all of the running back carries. Sorry, that's a weird way to put it because Gardner Minshew did have some runs. But every team had more than one running back have a carry. The only team that didn't was the Jags, and it was James Robinson. So they clearly know, think that he can handle the load. So I think he's an intriguing play. I don't see him having a lot of games where he is fed the ball. But I mean, his floor is is pretty high for a for a for a waiver wire guy. One sleeper I like a lot as well is Lavisca Chenault mm. Jr., gadget guy. I mean, they're going to be down in games despite this one, right. and I think he'll get a lot of work as well. Going into the Browns and the Ravens, we saw the Browns. We talked about them, but J.K. Dobbins is the clear goal line back there. Mark Ingramoner sh- should be a little bit scared. I drafted, you know, when I had a fantasy lineup, I liked. I was trying to draft J.K. Dobbins in in the sixth or seventh. And I'm very excited for him because we know that ball is going to get down the field. And I think, I mean, does Andrews beat out Kittle or Kelsey this year? Could very well. Everybody's saying he's not going to score as many touchdowns. And there's nobody in the Ravens offense that is above six foot tall, except for Mark Andrews, it seems like. He's <laughs> That's going a fun to get stat. All of the red zone targets. If they're not running the ball in, it's Mark Andrews going to be scoring. Who are their receivers besides Marquise Brown? Devin That's Duvernay, man. Right. Devin Duvernay. Book him. I think a, a matchup here that had some kind of concerning outcome, the Chargers and Bengals, 
Austin yeah. Eckler played 70% of the snaps. Great. Had 19 carries for 84 yards. Fantastic. Career high. One target, one catch, oh. three yards. What are the Chargers doing? He might be the best receiving back with that Zach Taylor Mara, lesson, bro. Christian McCaffrey. He is so elusive with the ball, and I, it, it's concerning. And Josh Kelly had 12 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown, so you're certainly worried about him eating into Eckler's snaps. I personally see him as someone you can target because the Chargers aren't going to get anything done with by not giving him the ball. They looked bad. They need Austin Eckler in the passing game. That That's going to change. It Herbert's going to take over, by, and, I feel like, yeah. by week five. And we saw how easily, how terrible Baker looked in week one and how easily he torched the secondary yesterday. But, I mean, the Chargers were terrible. I mean, that's like one of the easiest. He looks like a top three yeah. worst, back, worst QB in the league. <laughs> Probably Same the Donald. worst back, too. Yeah. <laughs> how about the Bucks and the Saints, Jared? Yeah, I mean, the one thing we I was looking for was the Rojo versus Leonard Fournette snap mm-hmm. share and rushes. Yes. And clearly, the Bucks were not trying to air it out as much as they have in previous years. But when they were running the ball, Rojo was the lead back by far. So mm-hmm. I love him going forward. Uh, you can't start Leonard Fournette at all. Anyway. Great matchup for Ronald Jones this week. Yeah, he's going to torch the Panthers. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we got to give him a little credit. Tom Brady, six Super Bowls and whatever. But he did not look that good. It's a new team. No, no, man. Fournette's got a quarterback now. He knows what a real quarterback (laughs) is. Hey, please please don't bring personal things into this, Michael. Okay, we're we're, we're professionals here. Uh, You know, how about the Cardinals and the Niners? What did you think of Kyler this week, Kieran? I mean, this is one of those where I get a half toot my own horn and horn and half take one, take a pie in the face. I mean, I said Kyler as my dude of the year. And that was, I was good as hell. Ecstatic. And then I look at the box score and watch the game, and everything he's doing is going to my dud of the week, <laughs> dud of the year, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, 14 receptions. Yeah. He had over 40% wow. of the targets. I mean, yeah. that just took all of my analysis and, it and worked. flushed it down the toilet. It totally yeah, worked. I mean, what you I mean, that's smart Kyler by then. All over the place. Mm. You know what? Um, here's a bold prediction. I not only don't think the Niners make the playoffs this year, I think they have a losing record this year. That offense, that offense, I mean, Garoppolo is, 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 is a manager, okay? And even though he's wildly handsome and I would kiss him, He's a manager, okay? <laughs> and this offense is uh, – we talked about how depleted the receivers are. Richard Sherman's out how long? A long time. The D, I mean, the D-line's always going to be there, but I'm worried about the Niners, especially in that div- – that division's looking a lot better. Oh I mean, Russ is cooking. Kyler is yeah. baking. I mean, and it's just – I don't know. Right. I don't think – I don't think the, – The strength of that division is quarterbacks and receiver play, and their secondary without Richard Sherman is very suspect. I, I like that not making the playoffs. I think they go nine and seven, eight and eight. But I, 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 I could still the see them not make the playoffs. Although I always forget it's expanded this year and one more team gets in. Yeah. But I could see them missing the playoffs. I could. They're, re- they're receiving threats. Should I feel like they're all going to be playing before week five at this rate. George Kittle, I don't think this is a serious injury. Debo Samuel's going to come back. Brandon Ayuk's practicing. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. We will see. Uh, Cowboys, Rams, my uh, MVP Mm. candidate, Dak Prescott, did not look like an MVP. 
Uh, and Damn. I mean, we'll talk about the Cowboys passing game, obviously, but one of the biggest waiver wire pickups and uh, hook them, Texas explosions, Malcolm Brown. What is he like 45 looking fantastic in the running game, looking like a dynamic, just looking, you know, kind of Benny Snell in and out of there. I, are you guys worried about CD Lamb overtaking Gallup, though, as the wide receiver, too? I'm not concerned on that front. And I also think Dak, although he had a rough, you know, fantasy end score, he could have easily been a top five quarterback. He rushed one down to the one yard line. Zeke got stopped at the one yard line on a pass. I mean, that's three touchdowns in a game that, you know, didn't flow the way the Cowboys wanted it to. So I still think yeah, he's going to Dak's OK. I think he's fine. But I also think Gallup, you know, is very talented. I, I think people overlook that because of the new hotness of CeeDee Lamb. Gallup was a was a highly drafted receiver a couple of years back, and he's proven. I don't think – I'm not too worried about that role. Yeah, CeeDee's going to be playing in the slot too, especially with Jarwin gone. I mean, he fits into that s- slot area even better now. Uh, I feel like Gallup's going to have a huge week against the Falcons because this is definitely going to be a shootout. And – Amari's a little bit banged up and Gallup is the deep threat. So real quick I think to that point, there is going to be a seesaw of one week CD is going to go off at the expense of Gallup. And the next week it's going to be Gallup at the expense of CD. But I think, you know, long-term at the end of the day, at the end of the season, you're going to be happy if you have one of those. We're going to get into uh, Facebook questions afterwards, but quick question from Facebook. Is Cooper still the wide receiver one? I think yes. I think yes. Yeah. How many targets? Yeah, cool. 12? Uh, 10? They kept throwing slants to him, throwing underneath to him. That's what he's good at. Let's move into Monday Ooh. night. Steelers, Giants. Ooh. It's getting snelly up in here. You mind if I take hey. this? <laughs> yeah, go for it. So, you know, all this talk, and in, in ours truly, Noah Obsfeld included, of oh. James Conner being a workhorse. He's back. The Steelers' offense is back. Well, James Conner's injury history is back. He hurts his ankle in the first couple of series. And the next man up, Benny Snell, who was, had a good training camp, what do you have? 113 yards on 19 carries. He just looked better than James Conner. James Conner had, what, like eight touches, nine touches for 17 yards. So I don't know what to make of this backfield going forward. I don't think James Conner is the workhorse. If he ever stays healthy for a game, I think I think it's almost a committee between the two of them. Do you guys value one over the other? You know, surely you probably lean Conner given he stays healthy, but – yeah, the thing about have- Mike Tomlin is he has said all the time we have all these issues with the Steelers backfield. He is a one back, he's a one back kind of guy. I mean, really, right now, I think it's a toss up. Even though Bell, I mean, Snell, <laughs> they just really like backs that rhyme with Bell. <laughs> Even though Snell, I'd say, is a better running back right here and now, mm-hmm. we have Connor going to play this week. I mean, if you're going to start one, uh, it's probably going to be Connor for me this week. It's really a toss up. I've been, I have Connor in one league, I've been trying to get Snell. Haven't been able to do it because the upside is that high. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing with Benny Snell is he doesn't get targeted in the passing mm-hmm. game the way James Conner does. Right. So when Conner was playing, he had four targets in like about a quarter or so. And Benny Snell had one target, no catches the rest of the game. So Interesting. You could tell yeah. that they wanted him to be the workhorse because all Definitely. they did was give him the ball and he just ran for a yard or two. So we'll see. How about that Let's, passing core? Yeah. I mean, Juju, it, I mean, two touchdowns. People were worried that he wasn't going to be Juju of the past. But Deontay Johnson, could, could he? people are even saying he could be the one in this offense. Are, are you guys buying that? 
I don't know if he can be the one, but he could definitely garner a pretty large target share and, and he could be a good PPR guy as well as he gets some return experience. So you never know when he can pop one of those off. But I uh, I don't think there's very much of a debate between who's the one, who's the two, but I think they can both be valuable. I think there definitely could be a debate. You guys know my feeling about Deontay Johnson. I think this week he could have a really Separation. big week. The Broncos secondary is banged up. I mean, A.J. Boyd is not even that good anyways when he plays, but he's hurt. He's not playing. Um, I just think Deontay Johnson can be that Antonio Brown type of player. I mean, he sort of plays like him. He's an elite route runner. He's very similar size-wise. So I think he can sort of fill that void. Big Ben always likes having two targets. There's no one else really demanding James Washington a little. But Deontay Johnson, they were feeding him and running the offense through him in the second half. Definitely. Yeah, he's a trade target for me. If Juju doesn't get those touchdowns, we're having a completely different conversation. I do like both of them, though. I do really like Juju. Especially the way yeah. Big Ben looked yesterday or on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. The next game, a game that I loved watching as a Raider fan, seeing the Broncos lose is always a welcome sight in my household, even if that means watching the Titans win, because I hate watching the Titans. They are not a fun team to watch <laughs> no at all. But my dud of the week, AJ Brown, we'll get into that later, got a little banged up. One thing that really shocked me about this game was the amount of times that Matt that Ryan Tannehill threw the ball. They normally don't throw the ball yes. as much as this. And he was slinging the rock all over the place. Not very accurately, but he was still <laughs> throwing it. Yeah, he was he was throwing around. And what I took away from this game was even in this kind of game where you never expect him to throw this many times, Derrick Henry was still getting featured. Right. He was still getting the ball countless times. He didn't have a touchdown, but he had over 100 yards. He was – he just is a bruiser, and I think his floor, it just proves, even in a game where he didn't look very good, his floor is just so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about A.J. Brown as our resident A.J. Brown truther, Kieran? I mean, it, it's not what you wanted to see, but at the same <laughs> at time, he was, he was a little banged up coming into the game. He end, left the game banged up, like after the game. So, I mean, there are, there are more variables at work. If you're a Corey Davis truther, then you might be thinking, okay, there's there's something happening here, but the talent's there. He's a big play guy. He's one he's one guy away. He's one play away from a touchdown, and it's a big day. That's the kind of type of player he is. You're not going to be yeah. getting ten for a hundred every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Corey Davis with I mean he was drafted fourth overall, and he has had a disappointing career up to this point. Looked great. I mean he could be a, a, a flex play, but I mean they were able to be so successful just featuring AJ Brown and Derrick Henry all day. He's definitely a waiver wire guy. I'd keep him on in the lineup with AJ Brown, AJ Brown out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even against that tough secondary. And then other side of the ball, where we got these two tight ends, these are breakout tight ends, Sean Smith and Noah Fant, uh, looking great. I mean, Noah Fant is, I mean, I, I have him on two teams and I love his outlook. He looked so, so good. good. Mm-hmm. Second half That's, wasn't really getting targeted as much, but yeah, just the kind of player he is, he looks really good. Let's like yep. get into some Facebook questions. Appreciate everyone on Facebook who is giving us some content to go on. What is the outlook for Devontae Parker for you guys? Hmm. Oh, I do not. I personally didn't go into the year drafting Devontae Parker just because when Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are both playing, they weren't they, – they were averaging about the same amount of fantasy points per game. And then once Preston Williams tears his ACL, Devontae Parker starts going off. Now with them both back and both playing, you can't start either of them right now until we see more from them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm 100% with you. 
Perfectly said. Uh, that was from Thank Keon you. Sarai, uh, by the way. Here's a question from John Wahidi. Okay, Wentz or Big Ben this week? And they are playing, let's just see. Broncos. Rams and Broncos. Right. Eagles are playing the Rams. Stairs are playing the Broncos. Easily Big Ben. Big yeah. Ben. For right. You. All around. Okay. And then pick two of the three Scary Terry, Michael Gallup, John Brown. Hmm. Gary Terry and Gallup. Redskins Gallup. against the Cardinals, John Brown against the Dolphins, hmm. and Gallup against the Falcons. Gallup is the number one out of those three for me with against that Falcons secondary. Gallup, Terry, Brown is how it goes for me. Sorry. I like all three, but yeah, I agree. Here's a question from Josh Summers. My ginger friend is considering shopping Joe Mixon. What should we what should he aim to get going into week three? What are you trying to get for Joe Mixon right now? Let's just first off start off with a receiver. What's the kind of caliber receiver you're looking to get? Hmm. Like Adam Thielen or Joe Mixon right now? I don't know that. No person who has Adam Thielen is not selling for Joe Mixon right now. I would take Mixon over Thielen. I'm team Mixon in the fact of him turning it around. So I wouldn't take, there wouldn't be much that I would take for Mixon. DJ Moore or Joe Mixon? Mixon. 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 Amari uh, what about or Mixon? Mixon. Mixon. What about uh, – here's a question from Sam Lana. Shout out, Sam. David Sam Montgomery or mm-hmm. Naheem Hines this week in the flex? We have Montgomery against the Giants, Naheem Hines against the Vikings. What's the format on that? Yeah, if there's any uh, – Half PPR. Still Naheem – I go Naheem Hines. Yeah. I would go Montgomery. I'm actually going to go Montgomery. Uh Ooh. Against the uh, the Giants last week, uh, we saw Snell tear it up. And I think David Montgomery looked good last week as well against the Lions. Hines, uh, you know, he'll be featured. He could get a passing touchdown. But I Rivers is going to be I love the Colts it. offense. This, I love the Colts offense. This week, They're going to have to throw the ball. The Vikings secondary is trash. He's going to dump it off to Hines for at least five catches. Both Here's guys. a question from one of our most, if not our most loyal follower, Karan Kanatala. Is the Cardinals D top five rest of the season? No. Uh, Kyler Murray MVP or Jer- <laughs> Joe Burrow? Kyler Murray. And is DeAndre Hopkins God? Yes. And why is Chase Edmonds so efficient? Probably because he's not Great that question. bad at football. Bobek <laughs> Goodoxaz says. Think he's a Cardinals fan. <laughs> what do I do if no one in my league is willing to trade? Uh, probably send decent offers would be my uh, yeah send better trade offers better trade offers let's move on guys guys real quick i just got a notification on my phone huh there's a missing person oh Oh, my god yeah who is missing it's in where it looks like tampa bay florida his name's rob gronkowski have y'all seen oh i i know him he's really hard to miss picked around a hundred Picked around 80, picked around 120, picked everywhere in every single fantasy draft. Three targets, two catches, 11 yards. Ooh. Where is OJ, OJ Howard outscored <laughs> Rob Gronkowski? He loves them kids. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, the OJ Howard had a charity thing last year where he said every reception you donate $100. And got like not many receptions. Uh, <laughs> like eight. Uh, damn. Now uh, PR is going to be on my ass. Thanks, Michael. Um, so let's get into a little waiver watch. Just a few names that we're going to throw out here. Test the waters. 
Uh, feel free to chime in with some others, guys. Logan Thomas, um, who's catching balls in Washington besides Gary Terry? Name one Washington receiver. I bet Steven you can. Stephen Sims Jr. I, it was a rhetorical question. Anyways, Andy Golden. Jeez, <laughs> that's not a real person. There's no way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I know, I know. Logan <laughs> Thomas, converted quarterback, you know, kind of a uh, wonderful story here. I think that he could be a sleeper to watch. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is looking for guys, and, and, and he is a guy, actually. So I, I, I have Kittle out, and, he, and I slid – Logan Thomas right into my lineup. Josh Kelly, what do you guys think about his uh, value going forward with Eckler back uh, still on the field? I'm I'm high on Josh Kelly, and not just because I'm a Bruin. Uh, he's a UCLA product. He's also Bruin. side note one of the best guys ever. He's just the nicest guy. Oh, oh do you know him? To to. Yeah, I knew him from UCLA. Oh, that's so cool, man. Ooh, super good guy. Also, I don't really like him though, just because I have Austin he, Eckler. Yeah, I mean, he looked electric <laughs> out there. He made made good plays, and and he's filling a role, you know. So yeah. I, I think Goal there's One interesting waiver, and, I, and this is my, not necessarily a, one I want to hammer in, but I want your guys' take on it. Is Ryan Tannehill going to be like a – I mean, he was like a top – I think he was like a top two quarterback at the end of the, end of the last three, four weeks of the season. Yeah, we know. Michael predicted it. I said no, but Michael's better at me at most What did things. you say? Did you say uh, – <laughs> No, I said I said he wasn't going to be a top ten, and he, he was much more than a top ten. But what do you guys think of Ryan Tannehill going forward as a not as a streamer, but as a viable starter? Love it. Yeah, definitely. Here, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think he's I would I view him as a streamer. I think in the right matchup, he's a good play. I don't think it's going to be the same as last year. I wouldn't personally feel comfortable having him as my starter. So, it's just my take. Fair. Definitely have to agree. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, want him at I mean, my QB one, but I think he's a yeah. he's a great matchup dependent play. Any other yeah. names before we move on? I think those are the main ones. Well, there's a lot of others, but it's <laughs> just three yeah. I wanted to mention. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so we're gonna go into a little bit of rookie watch new segment. Uh, I had a couple I wanted to bring up. First of all, what are, how are we feeling about Acres? He had a, a bunch of carries. He he looked less you know explosive than Malcolm Brown, which is something you didn't think you'd hear. But he was getting carries. The coach came out and said, we used Malcolm Brown more than we thought we would. What are we, where are we feeling on that? I just want to say, I said last week, wasn't too high on acres. Hold on. Can we just have a, a special guest right here? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had no idea she was in my room. <laughs> this is Zoe. Zoe, so Zoe what do you, what do you think, think about, about acres? Uh, Cam acres? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, that's, she, she said it right there. Not much to say. I mean, you're keeping him on the bench. Mac Brown. Um, yeah, that, I mean, Mac Brown's the guy to have right now. We talk, Oh, geez. All right, she's a little camera shy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one more thing I wanted to mention was we talked about Peyton Barber being the quote-unquote bell cow, getting 17 for 29 or whatever. I personally, on my rookie watch, I'm still believing in Antonio Gibson. He had opportunities it was his first game. Peyton, Peyton Barber isn't the answer. So a couple electric plays, which is what he's known for. He makes a couple of those this week, and I think the job is his. Well said. Hmm. I feel like That's Peyton Barber is like Carlos Hyde. Where he's worse. just, he's he's just, just yeah, always worse. there. He's, he's just going to be there. there though. Yeah, he's a worse version of Carlos Hyde, and that's, yeah. that's <laughs> that not even good. hard to say. <laughs> uh, that's oh. been another 
Kieran's rookie watch. Let's get into our dude and dud from last week. I had TJ Hawkinson. Nice. Jared had Deshaun Jackson. Not nice. Michael nice. had Chris Thompson. He was ass. very not nice. And Kieran had Marlon Mack. Ooh. Rest in peace. Uh, I mean, I'm the I'm the lone survivor here, and it feels good. Yeah. And we then dud of the real, week. We had some real duds in that dude of the week. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. And by real duds, I mean it was it was Mike's. It was Chris. <laughs> let's Thomas. talk about let's talk about my dud. Of the week. Yeah. Didn't even play Miles Sanders. I win. <laughs> I, win the, I win the week. What How does guy. he do it? Kieran had Lev Bell, pretty bad. I had yeah. Burley. He had an all right game, but not he had great. A pretty good game. So, so yeah. what it sounds like is Noah hit the dude, and then Kieran, Jared, and I hit the duds. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. That's about accurate. Yeah. Let's get AJ into Brown. our dude for this week. I'm gonna beat the same drum. I'm going Anthony Miller. It's Miller time, baby. I'm going to go six receptions, 80 yards, touchdown. Ooh. Interesting. I'm going Paris Campbell this week. Nine targets, six catches, 71 yards. Was that his last week's stat line? Yeah. That was not his this week's stat line. That was definitely written next to my name. So if you weren't going to take Paris Campbell, I was going to take Paris Campbell. Uh, <laughs> you did not seem sure of that at all. No. Kieran, who's your so dude I'll take week? Paris Campbell. I'll tell, I'll clear up. I'll clear the air with Paris Campbell. Last week, nine targets, six catches, led them in receiving, led them in receptions. We already talked about the Vikings defensive backs. Holton Hill can't cover anybody. And he's going to be on T.Y. Hilton, which means their next guy is going to be on Paris Campbell. They're going to throw the ball a lot. I love Paris Campbell this week. What I meant to right. say was Scotty Miller in the slot with Chris Godwin gone. <laughs> Gotta be he had six targets, five catches last week. So I'm going Scotty Miller this week. Yeah, for me it's Raheem Mostert, which hurts because I did trade him away. But the Jets are horrible. They're gonna be running the ball. I think he gets over 125 to 150 total yards with a touchdown. Ooh. How about your guys' dud of the week? Michael, who you got? I'm going Kenyon Drake. I'm buying in on the Redskins front seven, and I think they're just going to keep throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray's going to keep running the ball. I think Kenyon Drake could potentially find the end zone on a one-yard score like he did last week, but if he doesn't, he doesn't have that good of a week. So I'm going Kenyon Drake. Yeah, for me, it's going to – I was deciding between one of the two Seahawks receivers. I don't see Russ cooking as much as he did last week, and Stephon Gilmore's got to cover somebody, so – I took my shot on DK because I think he's more of the deep threat and the, the typical one type receiver. So I think he'll have a rough game. For me, this is a purely speculative dud of the week, and I'm going J.K. Dobbins against the Texans, who are terrible against the run. I feel like Mark Ingram is going to get the goal line work this week. I hope Completely so. Speculative. I, my dud is going to be Benny Snell. I think James Conner comes back in the game and uh, he doesn't do well. I think got that's going to be big name duds this week. Wow. Yeah, wait, wait going out big, on a limb. Holy real crap. big risk. Yeah. I'm out here picking like a top ten running back, and you guys are taking Benny Snell, who probably wasn't even drafted in some of these. Yeah, me too. If you, if you want a real big name guy, Melvin Gordon against the Steelers, not good. Even with Philip Lindsay gone, not good. I can respect that a little more. Thank you. I appreciate that, Kira. All right, I Anyways. guess I can. I can take this 
being oh. as I led everybody in our DFS scoring <laughs> last week, even with a couple shady picks in Chris Thompson and Marlon Mack, who basically did nothing for me. I led the, the scoring on the week. So super happy about that. And this week, do we want to go through our lineups for this week? Anyone want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, my lineups this week, and we're going to be including our premium and value play. So I'm going to Josh Allen. My premium play is Saquon Barkley. I got uh, Ronald Jones, Paris Campbell, Amari Cooper, Anthony Miller. My value play, OJ Howard, a tried and true tale on this podcast. Flex is Mostert, and my defense is the Chiefs. I will start next. I got for my QB, Kyler Murray. I just love his value in DFS. Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. You can pick either of those. This will be your big play of the week. Love them both this week. Uh, Calvin Ridley, my uh, tight end is Chris Herndon, and my flex is Rojo against the Panthers. I love that Herndon pick. I kind of wish I picked Herndon so I could take Rojo. But for me, Josh (laughs) Allen – no, no brainer. I feel like he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna go off. Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert, Calvin Ridley, who I guess is my premium play of the week. I guess I'm picking not upper echelon guys. Amari Cooper, Paris Campbell, Dallas Goddard. Ooh. Shout out Lions, Marvin Jones Jr., no Kenny Galladay, and the Rams D. And I'll finish it up with my team quarterback Kyler Murray, running backs Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Corey Davis. Tight end, Chris Herndon, Flex Rojo, and defense Jets. A lot of Rojo. Y'all's team's very similar, you and Jared. Yeah. (laughs) We will see how that works out. That's been another excellent episode of Guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at Dudes Football. We are available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, on Twitter. (laughs) on facebook online anyways thanks again for tuning in we love you so much questions yeah send us your questions feel free to dm us we'll do our best to help you out and much love we will see you next week go jags what's better than this guys being dudes